Hey, and welcome back to Giovanni Andreoli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. Alright guys, I got a pretty short episode for you here today. Going to talk about two movies that probably couldn't be more diametrically opposed, but... Eh, whatever. I saw them in the same week, so I'm going to talk about them while they're still fresh in my mind. The first is Fruvial Station, and the second, which you've probably seen by looking at the title, is uh, Election. So, yeah, like I said, very different. But uh, I'm going to talk about them, because I think they're pretty good, and I don't think enough people are talking about them. So, yeah, let's get into this. Fruvial Station, you've probably heard of this one. It's more likely, I think, that you've heard of this one than you, that you've heard of Election. I know I hadn't until my favorite podcast covered it a couple months ago. And I, it took me this long to get around to it. Hey, so, yeah, even that wasn't enough to get me to check it out. But hopefully my podcast is. You should check it out. It's pretty good. Don't watch it with the kids in the room. Definitely don't do that. But uh, it's it's a pretty good movie. But we're not here to talk about that movie yet. We're going to talk about Fruitvale Station. So I'm sure that most people are... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet probably most people are unaware of this incident. I might be wrong. I admit that I was unaware of it before I watched the movie. I kind of went into it blind. It was like, okay, I know this is very well liked and this is a really good indie movie. I know Ryan Coogler directed it and I love him. Michael B. Jordan's in it and I love him. So yeah, uh, I don't know why I said it like that. Like, and I love him. But, but I do, I like both of those guys and I like all their work together. Creed is definitely better than Black Panther, but they're both still really good and enjoyable, despite the problems I have with Black Panther. I do really like it, and so, especially and especially Michael B. Jordan, he's easily my best or my favorite part. So, I was I was on board. I I love the creators behind it, and it sounds really good. And I know that it's something that I have heard talked about in the past, and that I know I've known for a while that I've been meaning to get to, but I didn't know about the incident that it was documenting i had no idea i it starts off with cell phone footage this is a it's i can well i guess it's not really spoilers because it's an actual historical event but it starts off with cell phone footage from the actual incident in the bay area rapid transit fruitvale station in oakland where uh, an unarmed man was shot by a police officer and it's pretty disturbing it's very unexpected and it's a really attention-grabbing start and I was like I probably should have looked up what the premise was and so I looked it up and I saw that yeah it was I knew it was based on a true story because that comes up in the credits but I was like doing a little bit of background research but I didn't I didn't end up seeing whether or not he was deceased I just saw when it happened you know, what the details of the case were, but I didn't get to the point. I it, I only saw that he was shot. I didn't see that he was actually killed. And so that was, that remained a surprise for me throughout the whole movie. And as, you know, it gets down to the, to the climax and we actually see him get shot and there's ambiguity, at least for me, as to whether or not he survives. That was, I mean, that was really one of the best parts of the movie because I knew that it was pretty likely that he would die and that it was definitely going to be heartbreaking and it wasn't the ending I wanted, but I really, I just wanted him to live so bad and and I knew, I just knew it probably wasn't going to happen and then it didn't and I was, man, the ending of that movie really wrecked me. Uh, They were definitely blowing dust in the theater, 
even though I watched this in my house. They were still blowing dust in the theater somewhere, probably in a barn. But, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. This movie really, really worked on me. And I'm sure from a more objective standpoint, had I known more about the story going in, had I known more about the events surrounding it, I would have been like, uh, I would have maybe looked at it differently and I maybe would have seen like, oh, I see, you know, oh, he's got a great relationship with his daughter. He's got like a tragic backstory, all this stuff. And I think in less sincere hands, that's how it could have played. Like, oh, you're just setting me up to cry at the end. And and certainly from a more cynical perspective, I think that that's how you could view this. But the fact that it was a real event, the fact that there's such an honesty to the performances and to the, even just like the camera work, how it almost looks like it was shot on a home video camera that we're just peeking into a real family's life. It's, it's insane how well this is done. This is just such a good movie and the performances really carry it through. There's, I don't think there's a weak one among any of them, even bit players like the guy whose wife has to use the same bathroom that Michael B. Jordan's girlfriend does towards the end of the movie, even he's given a really great performance. Like, it's it's crazy. The, everybody really shows up to play in this movie. But, but yeah, I think I keep coming back to the honesty and the genuine quality to this and how it just does feel like you're a fly on the wall in this real family's life all the way down to when you see the actual event happen. And I think that's... It's just something that makes this stand apart from a lot of other biopics where I feel something, but it's like, I know I'm being told to feel this way. In this case, it's like, I've seen this person live like a whole day in his life and I know so much about him and I've grown close to him through all these experiences that he's been going through and I love him and his family and how he is with his family and I feel just such a genuine connection because it's just so real and raw and then when that's all ripped away from me at the end it's like what the hell and I think that's really key in why this movie works so well so yeah this is fantastic it's very well written he has a nice character arc despite you know he's being he's a real person but this is still fictionalized to a certain degree and so he does have a a good character arc and I love seeing him make a change and then just the tragedy of the ending really really works and I was like I was so there with uh with his mom who was played excellently uh she you know she really sells the shit out of the the moment where you know she has the realization that she told him to take the train how she just wanted him to be safe man that really really worked that was really effective so yeah if you haven't seen this movie I'd highly recommend it it'll it'll probably wreck you for a little bit but it's definitely worth a watch and it's very I think important and I hate the fact that this is still just as relevant now as it was not just when it was made but when this actual event happened I mean that was 2008 like (sighs) it's crazy that we still have incidents that are eerily similar to this today and I think that that's a really big problem but regardless this movie is fantastic and it's definitely worth the watch and I love how much of Ryan Coogler as a director and Michael B. Jordan as an actor you can see in this movie and how you can you can definitely see how they're gonna evolve throughout the the next couple of years of their careers so yeah this is a really really great movie and I don't even feel like I've done it justice in this couple of minutes but if you haven't seen it I'd highly recommend it and then 
Election, which I also doubt many people have seen. This was a movie that actually had a bit of a tumultuous history getting to uh, getting to the big screen. So it was based on a book which was written uh, by a person whose name I've forgotten. What's his name? Tom Perotta. Or Perotta? Yeah, Perotta. Tom Perotta. That sounds right. I've been having a really tough time. I've been recording a couple episodes back to back. And if you listen to the Oscar predictions episode, I'm really not doing so hot with names tonight. But anyway, Tom Perotta. We're going to go with that. And just really hope it's right. Uh, He wrote this book following uh, a news story that made national headlines in which a pregnant student was elected homecoming queen. And the staff and faculty at the school did not... Uh, did not like that this was the outcome, and so they burned the ballots and announced a different candidate who won. And this sent a really big ripple effect through the media, and it became highly publicized. And so that was kind of part one in uh, in him uh, becoming, you know, inspired to write this book. And then also, I think this is around the same time, I'm not sure what year that happened in, but 1992, when Ross Perot really disrupted the election cycle and emerged as as a really kind of weird dark horse in that year, that was kind of part two in his inspiration to write this book. So these kind of provided the framework for what he went in to uh, his writing with. And the, the story, you can see the influences definitely in these real life events in certainly the, it's not burning in this, it's throwing away burning actually would have solved a lot of problems but uh, of of ballots and changing the candidate who won and then also the disruptive third party candidate who kind of shakes up the established expectations that's also very clear in the film now i have not read the novel i'm sure it's very good and i think based on the movie it's probably you know it's probably pretty good i know the biggest difference is the turnaround time from when uh, when, what was Tammy's girlfriend and eventually is Paul's girlfriend, or Paul, right? That sounds maybe right, but, uh, like, the turnaround time from when she stops dating Tammy to when she starts dating, uh, dating her brother is, like, it's a year, and it's, like, they actually build a, a relationship in the book. In the movie, it's, like, the next day, and it's more implied that it was done specifically to hurt Tammy, so... I think that's the biggest difference between the text and the screen. But either way, uh, I I enjoyed this movie. It was uh, it was not quite what I was expecting, which I think is a sentiment that is echoed pretty loudly when it comes to discussions about this movie. When I said about the tumultuous history, what I mean is Alex Payne, who was the the director of this film really wanted to emphasize that this was not just your average run-of-the-mill teen comedy, that there was something more substantial, and that this was kind of more of like a real dramatic film than what the audience was probably going to expect. So the marketing department had a really hard time reconciling the expectations of the studio and Alex Payne, and they just couldn't really make ends meet creatively, and so... 
this ended up being a really, really bad time for him, so much so that in like subsequent DVD releases, he refused to include the trailer in the special features because he felt like it did such a disservice to the film. And despite the movie coming out and critics really enjoying it, because of the marketing and because of the word of mouth that was kind of tied into that, this movie really crashed and burned at the box office, and it was kind of swept under the rug by history, which is explains why I hadn't heard of it until that podcast I mentioned before. So, so yeah, coming to this, I didn't know much about it, except for, like, the general plot and some of the the key actors that were in it. I knew that, that Matthew Broderick was in it, I knew Reese Witherspoon was in it, and, you know, that was enough to intrigue me, so I decided to, to sit down and check this out. And I definitely enjoyed it. I think my biggest problem with it was probably that the ending went on a little too long, and that I felt like... I guess it wasn't aimless, but it did just kind of seem like a, a series of scenes that are in chronological order but aren't necessarily building to anything. But again, I think that's more towards the end where it seemed like they couldn't really decide on what they wanted the the ending to be because it kept seeming like, now this is your final shot, and then we cut in for one more and we catch up with this other character. And I definitely enjoyed that. But I think you could have lost a couple minutes here and there just to tighten this up a little bit because by the end I was like having my foot like, okay, I get it. I don't need to figure out where all these people ended up. I actually kind of like if we don't know that. But either way, it was pretty funny. It definitely was a lot different than what I was expecting in terms of characters and in terms of Matthew Roderick and whether or not he was a good guy. And I like that a lot of this relies very heavily on subtext. There's a lot that's left up to the viewer and that it requires you to be perceptive enough to see and understand. And I like movies like that. I like when you have to think and it's not just all handed to you. I will say that I I think along that line along those same lines is the whole conversation about Coke spending the most money on advertising uh, more than any other company in the world. And I love the like the incorrect grammar of I guess that's how come they stay number one. Which, that was that was just, you know, a little chuckle, but either way, I like that we go from that to immediately him throwing away a Pepsi. But then I didn't like that later in the movie that we, that, you know, we like hear that line in voiceover as he's drinking a Pepsi. I was like, no, I got it. I saw it the first time. But I like that Pepsi and apples, like fruits in general, are kind of recurring symbolism throughout the movie. I mean, all that, but it's really well written. And you know what? I actually wonder if that thing of, like, we could let the audience figure out, or we could let the voiceover tell you directly. I wonder if that's, like, on-screen evidence of the clash between what he wanted this movie to be and what it kind of had to be. I wonder if I wonder if that's, like, tied into that in some way. I don't know, because we never will for sure, but... Regardless, I like this movie uh, enough. I probably won't go back to it very often, but I like that it was something more substantial than I was expecting going in. I like that all the performances are really great and what it has to say about teenagers and politics in general. And that was all really awesome. And I will say that this was a really bad first impression for Reese Witherspoon because I hated her, like genuinely hated her. And I know that's kind of the character and that's sort of the point, but seriously... Every moment she was on screen, I felt, like, actively angry. And so, actually, um, I'm going to circle back around to that intro. I'm going to talk about three movies. This last one, I'll be real quick. But I watched another Reese Witherspoon movie. 
uh, I watched, well, she's like a supporting role, but uh, I watched Walk the Line, and now this was a movie I was definitely not looking forward to. I was like, you mean to tell me that someone decided to make a two-hour and 16-minute Johnny Cash biopic? You mean to tell me that you've combined somehow my aversion to country music with my aversion to overblown movies? Like, you have to be kidding me. But, oh, and then I was like, and Reese Witherspoon? That female dog from Election? Are you kidding me? However, I did sit down, and I was like, okay, I'm going to give this like five minutes. This is going to be like the episode, or, or the, the meeting where you, you pitch the pilot episode to executives, and they give you five minutes to impress them. I don't know if you know that, but that actually is really interesting about the TV business because there's so many, they just have to be like really harsh about it. And so if you're not a pre-established creator, that's what they'll do. It's five minutes. And if you don't impress us, if it doesn't hold our, our attention, just, you know, get out of our sight. So I was like, okay, I'll give this five. And immediately I was like, okay, I like the sound design. This is really well shot. And I was like, James Mangold directed this. I really, really like James Mangold. I think he's one of the most reliable uh, directors working in Hollywood today. I like pretty much all of his movies. So I was like, okay. And then, you know, we're kind of cutting through time and we're learning more about Johnny Cash. And then it took, you know, it was like 45 minutes later and I was like, have I been watching this for almost an hour? And so I did stick in there for the long run. Towards the end, I ended up drawing and and getting like some stuff done for art class but but still I was definitely engaged a lot more than I thought I would be this is another movie where I think that the ending is a little draw, drawn out I said before that I I very much value the ability or like the the aim of a director to to portray a fiction or sorry a real life character like accurately and not with a lot of you know fictional elements added however I don't think that that should get in the way of of fictionalizing things or simplifying things to broad strokes in the interest of telling a more neat and compelling story i don't know it it's kind of it's a tough line to walk and i'm i'm sure that that's a big part of developing movies like this but either way i do think that the ending could have been shortened a little bit there did seem to be like an an infinite amount of scenes where Johnny's dealing with substance abuse and he's saying the wrong things to to Reese Witherspoon but either way I I did enjoy it in the end and I actually did like the music the way it was portrayed and everything I really liked it and which really surprised me because I'm not a big country guy and Reese Witherspoon I didn't mind her she fit the character very well and I think she really disappeared into that role which the same I could say for uh for Joaquin Phoenix, I think this was a very good performance. This is definitely more understated and, in my opinion, better than his Joker. And I think that people that say that this is his best performance are crazy. I know I haven't seen a lot of his work, but this is definitely my favorite of that that I have seen. So, yeah, I would recommend this too. I wish there was a little bit less of it, that it was just a little bit shorter. But overall, I did really enjoy it, and I would definitely tell you to check it out. Okay. All right. Sorry the intro lied to you, but the title won't. If you read that, I'm sure you'll be ready to go into this. But uh, yeah, those are three movies that I watched pretty recently that I really loved. And I think that you should check them out. They're pretty enjoyable. And 
yeah, you might not have seen him in a while, or at all, so, yeah. And then, I am grateful that I am in a new semester. It's a new beginning, it's a such a sense of freedom to not have homework at all, because my classes are over, I'm so glad that finals are done, and that I somehow pulled off not bad grades, so, yeah, it's pretty awesome. I'm I'm glad to be out with the old, in with the new. I'm looking forward to the next semester, so that's what I'm grateful for. All right, you know the deal. Rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. It takes a minute. really helps out the show. If you want to follow me personally on social media, at GVandrioli1, if you want to follow the show for updates on when episodes are posted or for what the topics of discussion will be, you can follow at Movies and More Pod. Or, yeah, 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 at Movies and More Pod at GVandrioli1. And then, if that doesn't really float your boat, I get it. Uh, email me at moviesandmorepod on uh, on Gmail. Or, wait, dang it. Ah, I tried to go through that way too fast. You can email me at moviesandmorepod at gmail.com. That's what I meant to say. Thank you very much, as always, for listening. Sorry I biffed up that intro and outro, but oh well. I'm sure that's the kind of quality you've come to expect from this little podcast here. You're welcome. Have a good day. And don't forget that the brake pedal exists.